Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 301 Podcast. And in this episode, we talk to Pete Klerkin. He likes to call himself the social media wizard or the Swiss army knife of social media. And in this fun and very entertaining episode, we talked about his early beginnings in social media. We talk about his achiever qualities, how he taught himself a lot of his skills that he's using today and how easy it is to get what you want to get by just sliding into the DMs of some people. And we also talk about his most current work with the Group Chat podcast. And for everyone who doesn't know the Group Chat podcast, it is definitely worth checking it out. It's a news podcast, the number one podcast in the world, according to them. So definitely a big recommendation to listen to the Group Chat podcast. For now, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 301 podcast. If you like it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family and everyone you want to share this podcast with. So let's get it started in 301. Should we start <laughs> recording then? Let's do it. Perfect. All the way from LA, we have uh, Matthew Pete Clerkin on the microphone. <laughs> um, he goes by the name of Pete, right? Correct. Correct. Uh, welcome to the 301 podcast. Uh, before we get into it with all the difficult questions, um, <laughs> maybe you can just shortly introduce yourself, uh, who you are and uh, what you do. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> my name is Matthew Clerkin. Uh, I currently live in LA. Uh, I work at the 5-4 group. Uh, under that, the most popular thing I do, um, which is why Marcus and I got connected, uh, was group chat. So uh, a fun podcast that happens about three times a week. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we talk on everything from popular news to uh, politics to uh, video games. Uh, this is so much we talk about constantly. Uh, besides that, I'm a photographer, videographer, Yeah, a content wizard. I've lived in social media uh, professionally now uh, for probably four, almost five years. Um, so originally from Wisconsin as well. Now I'm out here in LA, uh, quote unquote, living the dream, as some people would say. Uh, and yeah, that is that is me. Perfect. And uh, living the dream. Uh, I think uh, you just mentioned that you said you work for a five four group and you're responsible for content. You're the content wizard. Uh, I think let's put that aside quickly and uh, talk first a little bit about uh, your past. So I, I would like to go back a couple of years first. And um, so I would like to go back to the year 2017. So you started studying journalism and uh, strategic communication in Wisconsin University. Uh, why did you choose to, to do that? Uh, it was a funny process for me. Uh, so actually, before I attended the University of Wisconsin-Madison, Uh, I'd gone to a tech college <clears throat> right out of uh, right out of high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I needed to get somewhere to a bigger city, and that's kind of always been a theme for me. Um, I think that you can just really thrive off a city uh, with everything it can offer. So for me, going to a smaller state school um, in Wisconsin, there's a ton of smaller sister schools uh, in comparison to UW-Madison, uh, and, and they're all in very small towns, towns of probably no more than 10,000 people. Um, And Madison was pushing about uh, a quarter million. So I was like, if, if I don't know what I want to do right now, and I could just go to a tech college, very cheap. I paid my way right through it. I, I worked as a valet um, at a hotel. And, and that for me was like, let's just see what happens. 
Uh, and then I quickly learned that going to Madison um, what was a goal of mine and, and the school I wanted to go to. A, I didn't want to leave Madison. I didn't want to go to a smaller town or a smaller school. Uh, it's a top 25 school in the United States, uh, which, which is a highly sought after degree. And I was like, I can get it cheaper here because uh, I'm a resident of Wisconsin. Uh, and it'll just push me to be, you know, to do better. Uh, you, you really compete with some, uh, uh, some of the smartest kids, not only in the state, but in the nation. Uh, so that for me was like a big proponent to going to Madison. Um, but, but uh, how I got into journalism was kind of a funny, a funny thing. I, I took a, uh, it was chemistry or no, it was calculus. I took pre-calc. I hate math. I suck at math. It's like, it's like, oh, it's, the, it's the bane of my existence. I, I didn't mind algebra, but it was just like, after that, I was like, this stuff is terrible. Can I swear on this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was the fucking worst, man. I was like, so upset, but I was frustrated. There was like other things I was good at and I was getting, just getting bogged down by math. And so I had to take pre-calc to get into the business school at UW Madison. And I took, and it's actually funny, the teacher was German and uh, I, I was in there for three days of this pre-calc class at the tech college. And I was so utterly confused by every single thing she said. I dropped out three days later of, of that class. And I completely changed my, my uh, degree path to journalism, being that I didn't need pre-calc. Um, it was more on the creative side, which I wanted to do. I just didn't know it existed. And right. the day before I dropped the class, it shifted my degree path. Uh, I talked to a friend who is in the journalism school at Madison. Uh, being that I was in the same town, I, I was friends with a bunch of kids that went to the university. And I was like, I never knew this existed. This is exactly what I want to do. So in a matter of three days of, of being confused by this German, uh, nice lady, but uh, very um, hard to understand. And I, and I just hated math. So it worked against me so, uh, so much so that I was just like, screw this. I think I'm in the wrong, um, in the wrong path. And I could feel that. So um, for me, that was jumping that ship. Uh, and then applying to the university is pretty easy and getting in, um, coming from the tech college, they have like a direct admittance program. Um, it's way easier to do that than try to enroll your freshman year. So yeah. I was able to get in, uh, and then you, I took like half a semester. You just have to, you have to be there for half a semester before you can apply to a program. Uh, and then that's where I kind of started getting into, uh, the journalism school and then the degree of strategic communications. And what fascinates you about, um, communication? Uh, that for me was, I took a marketing class while at MATC and, and uh, a mentor of mine, Steve Knoll, who, who is a big uh, influence on, on what I do now and how I got to this point, he, he was always talking about social. Uh, this is still when social media marketing was, was very, very new and very early on, uh, but he was ahead of the curve on pushing it. He pushed for to get classes at the tech college. Um, as a part of their marketing degree. Um, and so when I finally taken his class, it like really opened up my eyes that uh, this is a very real path that's starting to develop and develop quickly. And it's become, it's gonna become more and more important uh, for businesses and everybody alike to be a part of uh, and be effective on. So for me coming into that, uh, the communications platform, especially social, um, that was like a big focus of mine where I was just like, I want to learn more. Uh, and then that kind of proponent proponent moved into, uh, advertising was a big focus of most of my college career. Um, being that that degree was kind of, it's a strategic communication degree was mainly targeted at advertising. 
Um, so learning a lot of like agency life of, uh, which is really great because you kind of get to see all different aspects of uh, what an agency might do as far as anything from digital marketing uh, to content development, photography, videography. Uh, there's a ton of proponents in there. So right. for me, it was just learning more about the communication world and, and what it was developing into, which is now largely digital marketing. Yeah. And also shortly after that, you launched your first podcast, the Discovery Podcast. Yeah. Uh, what, what was that about? <laughs> uh, that was just something fun uh, my friend Alec and I did. It was always, um, for me, it was just like I wanted to do something. Like It just sounded cool. So at the university, there was uh, a radio station called WSUM. Um, I think it was 91.7 because you had to say it every time you'd come back on air. Uh, and... It was just cool in my mind to have like a radio show. So all you had to do was apply. Uh, you went through a couple training sessions. Like everybody needs to be trained on the board. Uh, you need to be, you know, given the guidelines. You can't swear. You can't do this and that, even though I did a couple times. Uh, and you're supposed to report it. And if you get caught twice, you get kicked off. Uh, I did it like three times and got away, <laughs> away with it every time. Um, but uh, so for me, it was just something cool that I wanted to do. And I just wanted to challenge myself. Uh, we came up with this idea. Um, The, the hip hop scene was like developing a little bit there. I knew a bunch of friends that were getting into it. A couple of kids at the university, uh, an old roommate of mine was a part of this program that was like built for kids in music, whether you were a photographer, like he was a photographer, but there were different people that he introduced me to like musical artists and things like that. Um, so I wanted to kind of be somewhat of a voice or try to be a voice for the developing hip hop uh, industry that was happening in Madison and in Wisconsin and the Midwest. Uh, being so close to Chicago, uh, we're about two hours out. So uh, I approached my friend Alec, who who is a you know he's a big hip hop fan, um, which is always funny. It's just like two white kids talking about hip hop, like we're probably the farthest thing <laughs> from actual real hip hop or having any real knowledge. Uh, but we just went on like once a week for an hour and shot the shit. And then, you know, my thing was always to make it uh, was just kind of finding new ways. I mean, you had to you had to listen in live, um, but I could record it. And then I would put it up on SoundCloud and then my friends would go and listen. It's actually funny. It was, it was very early on in what I now see as a podcast. I'm like, that was so amateur of me. Um, but yeah, I was using like third party. I was understanding like how to host podcasts, how to do stuff like that. Um, I think I would, I go back and listen to them now. I think they're still available somewhere. Um, but I've listened to them and, and it's the most cringeworthy stuff in the world. Like I, it's always funny to hear yourself talk. Yeah. Um, And then hear uh, or to talk on radio and then think you did such a great job. And then you listen back and you're umming like a hundred times. And then uh, you just sound goofy and he, everything just comes across different when it's just audio. Um, so I don't know. That was fun. It was just, it was just throwing shit at a wall and see what would stick. Uh, and then having something to put on my resume just to be like, I, you know, you always want to try to separate, separate yourself from the crowd. Uh, and that was something I felt like nobody else was really going to, was really gonna do um so yeah that's kind of why i jumped into that and when did you start the uh, clerk creative your creative agency yeah so clerk creative was um uh so this was an interesting story um i used to work at a restaurant i'll tie back even further i used to work at a liquor store um i had a ton like of jobs a, out there almost like gary v <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah like the wine store things like that. i wasn't quite on that level of expertise or knowledge Uh, but for me, it was really funny because I did, um, what I did, 
as I was working at the liquor store and I was getting into uh, the school at the time and I, I just wanted to work more in social. I was like, I just need to start getting some brands underneath me uh, just to showcase. And then like, who knows who will pay me after that? I was like, if I can just show some success stories, you know, you're just trying to get some something down on paper that says, I know what I'm doing. And I always knew I knew what I was doing. I just, you just have to show it. Nobody's going to trust you without any experience per se. Um, so I went, I was working at this liquor store a couple days a week, real cool guy, Herb, probably one of the smartest dudes I know. Um, graduated with a history degree from, from the school. And then now owns, I think like three liquor stores in town. So, uh, he was always a big inspiration to me, um, in just his knowledge aspect, but he always pushed me like, once he kind of gave me the chance, he's like, I'll pay you like 200 bucks a month to run my socials. He's like, I don't know anything about it. I don't want to know anything about it. Like, just do it. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I got to experiment with a bunch of random shit. He gave me like a small budget of like uh, another 200 bucks a month just to kind of spend um, on material that I needed and, and random stuff. And, and I ended up running that for, it was a good while. It's probably almost like a year and a half, almost two years that he was um, paying me to run that. And I quickly developed like, okay, I think I could take this more seriously. Uh, but between that, the liquor store, uh, and then I also worked at this restaurant uh, eventually down the road. I had to pick it up as a summer job. I was just like too busy. And that was always my excuse constantly. I was just like, he's like, why don't you take this more serious? Why don't you like start your own business? Like this is easy stuff that you could be doing with school. I was like, no, 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 I'm too busy. I've got this. I've got the restaurant. Um, and then, you know, I'm running this stuff already. I was like, I just don't have time. Uh, and then after about eight months of working at the restaurant, I ended up getting fired. Uh, <laughs> because they didn't have security cameras in there. Uh, I, you know, I never, karma is always a real thing and I fully believe in that. Um, but they had no cameras in there. So as a bartender, all my friends would come in and I'd just be serving them up drinks uh, <laughs> and, and we get bombed all the time at there. I mean, yes. I was this dumb college kid, like it's fun. I don't really, I have like zero regrets about it. Uh, but then they caught me one morning. So I was just like mindlessly like finishing up my shift and I'd ordered a salad. And as a, a bartender, you have the manager card and you can go in and delete stuff. So I went in and I deleted it. Apparently my manager was quote unquote on to me. So the next time I came in, apparently he was, like I said, on to me. And he's like, what is this? And he showed me the receipt. And I was just like, I don't know. I was just like, I didn't have any, I didn't have any money on me. So I just deleted it. He's like, well, that's theft. Uh, and then they fired me. And I was like, all right, well, this is just a restaurant. It wasn't like my career. So I was like, all right, like, fuck it. Like, I got fired from that. I still work at the liquor store. I still get this other thing. Um, I, I was, like, upset with myself for probably, like, all of a day. Uh, and then the next day I walked into the liquor store, uh, again, to Herb. I said, Herb, all right, let's do it. I was just like, I look, I just got fired. And he kind of, like, chuckled at me. Um, and I was like, let's do this. You know, I wanted to call it Clerk Creative. And he had known because we'd had some conversations. But he was just like, um, he's like, all right, let's do it. He ended up giving me $1,000. Cause I was like, I need a small investment. I was like, I just need to buy some more equipment to make myself more serious. Um, and he's like, great. He wrote me a check. Uh, and he was just kind of the birth of clerk creative, uh, which ended up just being like a small digital marketing agency where I help uh, different businesses around town, uh, just develop their socials. I, I, I learned for myself a ton of skills. Um, that was like the start of my photography and videography career because I could, I had people paying me monthly to run their socials. And, but not enough to go hire any real uh, talented photographers or videographers. So I had to learn everything myself um, mm -hmm. because of the small budgets that I was working with. Um, 
so that was just a huge learning curve for me. And it was just throwing myself in the fire to be like, all right, like, let's see what can happen here. Um, so that, that in itself was kind of the birth of what is Queer Creative now. So you got a little bit forced, forced into the, the entrepreneurship. Yeah, but, but it was for me, it was, like I said, I was just constantly making the excuse. I'm like, oh, I'm busy with other stuff. I'm busy, I'm busy. And, but yeah, it was finally once I got smacked in the face, be like, well, now you're not busy. Uh, that was like an easy term for me. And, and, and like I, my first month, I, I had so random. I was like, what am I going to do? Do I get another job? Um, do I just keep, do I do like really try to push this? Uh, and then I did. And my rent, I remember was, it was 500 bucks a month. Uh, and I'm going to school at the time, or no, it was like end of the summer. Um, so I wasn't going to school yet, but school was about to back come, uh, and we were about to start back up. Um, and I needed to make 500 bucks. And I was like, how do I just make 500 bucks? You know, and I want to do it in this career path. And it was so random. This dude that I had met through a mutual friend who had come on to what was the discovery show uh, a few months prior. Uh, so my kind of willingness to go out and start things like the podcast uh, and just to talk and meet with people got me 500 bucks because he came to me about wanting to do this like short documentary. And I convinced him that I knew enough video work um, for him to pay me. He's like, how much, how much for it? I said, 500 bucks for the whole thing. He wanted like a four part series. It took me so long. I was so new to all of it. I had no idea yeah. what the fuck I was doing. Uh, I had the camera on autofocus and it was like the shitty little camera I had. And I kept, it kept refocusing the entire interview. And I didn't know what that was or how to stop it, but I found it in post and I was like, And now I, I, I'm like, you're an idiot. Cause now I would be like, I would never do some shit like that. Yeah. But like, that was something that it was just a giant learning curve. And I made 500 bucks that month and I paid my rent. And I was like, cause I, I'd save some money. So I was like, fine. Um, as far as other expenses and stuff go, but you know, I don't really get any money from parents or anything like that. My family's not super wealthy. So like for me, it was just like, if I can make 500 bucks. That's like a good first month. Like at least I can make 500 bucks. And then that slowly grew and grew and grew. And I just was just like, if I can do 500 bucks in one month, what is it like when I really double down and I have more skills and I have more knowledge? Like, what could that really look like? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy it forced me into it. I'm always happy for me getting fired. I was like, great. That threw me into like my profession now because I needed to take myself more seriously. I was a junior in college and, and I really hadn't taken that step yet. So I think something like that was really like, uh timely in every matter so amazing story how, how it started but um <laughs> if if you look at all the the things that you that you've done already and we're we not even at, at the job uh, currently mm -hmm. uh, where where does this drive coming from um the drive comes from uh where uh, uh, i was born and raised i would say i think that's that's the easiest answer um i came from a, a big family i have five brothers two wonderful parents. Uh, but for me, nothing was ever given to us. Like we, we had one pair of shoes growing up. If you wanted a second pair, you better figure out like a job and you better figure out a way to pay for them. If you know, you want to go get a car, you got to pay for the car. I never had a car until about four or five months ago for the first time at age 24. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause I never needed it really. Uh, but some people just like my two older brothers chose to buy cars in high school. Um, we all worked part-time jobs. My mom made sure that, you know, I, I played three sports a year, had a part-time job. Um, and I was always pushed to do more. Like, so for me, it was just like fending for myself. 
uh, so I think I really found that drive in just uh, not having my, uh, how do I like properly say it? I think it's just like my parents couldn't provide as much as other people. So like for me, it was like finding that in myself uh, and then capitalizing on it. Like I, I got out of the house at 18 after I graduated high school. And I never looked back. I, I went to Madison. It was 45 minutes away from home. It's not like I went across country or anything wild like that. Um, but there was kids that returned back home and are living with their parents within like a year or two of college. And I'm like, man, this is my opportunity. This is like, this is my chance. And, and I never looked back. I, the second I got to Madison, I went and found a job, uh, started working the job, went to school, paid school off. It, it was never, um, we were always given that opportunity to really prove ourselves within, uh, from my parents. So I think that's really where I found it the most growing up and then realizing it as a, like, an adult, nobody's going to make it for you um, as far as anything, whether it's opportunities, whether it's wealth, whether it's um, for uh, a while, I really did think I wasn't the smartest kid. And I was just like, you know, the idea of UW-Madison uh, for a lot of kids was an unreachable goal. Um, and, and I didn't graduate. I, I was probably like bottom half of my grade. Uh, and the fact that I attended the university and graduated was, I think only three or four other kids in my entire school did that. So mm-hmm. it's like, a, you know, it's all within your own self. So for me, it was just like finding that capitalizing on it, uh, and then double downing on it, uh, when I became a young adult. Yeah. Because there's also always that, uh, ongoing discussion, um, if it's uh, nature versus nurture. And I find right. it quite, quite, quite interesting. What would you say in your case was a born creative or <laughs> born in the, in the right environment? Um, I think it was both. I think I was born with it and it just took the right environment to bring it out of me. Like I just said with the, the me getting fired, like it just took the right environment for me to be like, to realize it and then be like, no, you have this within you. Now's your chance. Like go run with it, do it. Like this is the opportunity. And I think a lot of people miss that. Um, I, I don't want to jump forward too much here, but like that was the trip to, that was my move to LA. The second that, uh, my now boss D Murthy, uh, when he called me, I was like, this is it. Like, there's no second guessing it. I called my mom two seconds later. I took out the phone and I was like, yo, I'm going to LA. She's like, what? And I was like, I have to. And it's just like jumping at opportunities that'll put you in uncomfortable positions that'll really create that out of you. So um, I think it's a mix of both, honestly. Yeah, that was actually the, the, the next question. So it's, it's, a, it's a great transition <laughs> uh, because I think uh, one and a half years ago, you, you moved from uh, Madison, Wisconsin to LA, right? Right. So how, how did that go for you? Like how, how did the, the chance come about? Yeah. Uh, so a big thing, like I said, um, for me was learning, learning more, especially with starting my own business, especially um, everything that I was learning in school. Um, I think now more and more day school is starting to become more of a scam. Um, the majority of stuff I was learning was outside of school. Um, while I did learn a lot, I believe I could have learned it at a much cheaper rate somewhere else. Uh, would it have got me where it got me? I don't know. Um, but for me, it was always to push myself to learn, not just in the classroom. I think a lot of kids just had that mindset. Like I go to school, uh, I take my four, five classes a semester. Um, that'll set me up for the future. Uh, and I knew that was never going to be the thing. I was treating myself like a complete underdog, um, no matter what situation I was in. Um, so for me, just learning in school wasn't enough. Like, especially if I'm competing with anybody in the same, um, degree as me in the same school. Uh, I knew what they were doing. So I, I had to do more. So for me, it was group chat was a part of that, whether it was just learning. Uh, that was for me a great conversation piece. 
Um, and we talk about it a lot now on the podcast. Um, but the podcast itself is, is for people to have stuff to talk about, to be updated, to just get like a briefing on all these different things that are happening in our society three days a week. So for right. me, that was great. I was finally getting the information where I hated watching the news, hated doing stuff like that, uh, but knew I needed the information uh, and I was looking for some way to get it. And and I didn't, you know, I kind of just stumbled in it off of uh, Drama's original podcast called Short Story Long. Uh, and then after listening to it, I was hooked because I was like, great, I'm finally getting this information I know I needed um, in a way that, that works well in my schedule uh, and that I enjoy. So... Mm-hmm that was a part of me just as a young college kid, just wanting to soak in more information um, and then come to learn more and more about these guys. You know, I had no idea who D Murthy was um, before starting to listen to the podcast. You know, everybody knows who drama is, but uh, once you come to realize D is behind a lot of, um, a lot of that success. I mean, obviously a lot of the success of young and reckless being um, a big backbone piece to that. Uh, and then all these other companies that he started. So that to me was just like, drama is awesome, but you know, everybody kind of sees him as a superstar. And then you come to realize like D's kind of like the entrepreneurial uh, go getter that it's like from a business perspective, that's a guy you want to sit down with. So for me, it was just always having interest in the pod. Um, you know, early on, they were always pushing people, Hey, like hit us up. We want to hear your feedback. Uh, and for me, it was funny because I looked at it as, I would always message drama and I, right before um, I'd moved to LA, I deleted all of them. Cause I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to end up meeting this guy. I'm going to be working with him. There's no way that I can have that like left out there. So I deleted them all, but I would message him all the time about like feedback I'd have on the pod or in some topic I'd give my two cents. And I was like, Hey man, like <laughs> I've listened to everything. It's all the cringeworthy shit you do. Uh, so many people always say like, reach out to people, you can get in the DMs, uh, you know, people are always open to answer to them. And it is like, if you want to talk to people, social media is a great avenue for that. Cause it, it's a one, one touch away, uh, from having a real conversation with either big mentors or, or people of that nature. Um, so I always hit them up. Hey, 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 uh, love what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. Listen all the time. Biggest fan. Never got anything back ever. And I was like, man, these guys are a hoax. They're telling me to message them. I message them. I don't get shit back. I was like, fuck these guys. I was like, they're, I, I still listen to the podcast. But I was like, man, I'm never messaging them again. Like, I'm, I'm wasting my time. I'm like six, seven messages deep on Drama's page. Uh, and I was like, he doesn't ever check this. But then I, and then I looked at the followers. So I was like, okay. I came up with a bit of strategy. I'm like, I'm in social. I can figure it out. If, if I'm going to be somebody who's reading messages and or somebody who's sending a message, do I go A to the guy with 1.3 million followers, which is drama, or do I go over to the guy named Dean Murthy who has 20,000 followers? I was like, okay, speaking in terms of percentage, I have a better chance with getting D to answer my, my question. Uh, and then I was like, okay, uh, I can't message him on a recording day. I was like, I gotta get him on like a weekend or an off day or something like that. And, and I, again, have a better chance, I think, getting a response. Uh, and then I did. And it ended up working out. And now I've come to know, especially working closely with D, he's in his DMs all day, um, yeah. which is something that he prides himself on, uh, especially in community building and, and, and things like that. It, it takes that time to really be in your DMs and be talking to people and build that out day to day. Um, but, but at the time, he had messaged me back and I was like, 
fuck yes. I was like, I got in the door. I was like, I don't know where this is going to lead me or what this does for me, but like, this is cool and exciting to me. So I was like, nobody else around me is doing it. I was, I, you know, kids around me were just, you know, granted I was too, but partying, doing all that. And for me, I was just like, man, there's this sick podcast out in LA. Like I'm the only one listening to this, you know, I'm like, it's like a, um, a needle in a haystack. I'm like, you know, I've got the golden egg here. I got this guy to message me back. I'm in these guys up like, oh yeah, I, I know them. And it's actually funny because I'll back up because there's one big proponent here. Um, my ex-girlfriend is from LA. So I'd actually come and taken a trip out with her. Um, would have been two Decembers ago over our holiday break uh, in the winter. And so she was back here for like two, three weeks. Uh, and I'd come out for two of them. And I'd messaged D because, again, we were openly communicating. And I was like, yo, I have like one more day in town. Do you mind if I stop by? I'd love to just have a conversation with you. I have a bunch of questions I'd like to ask you. And do you have, you know, 30 minutes to spare? He goes, yeah, I got 20 minutes to spare at this time. Like swing through. Here's the address, the office that I'm sitting in right now talking to you. Um, and for me, I was like, holy shit. I was like, I went from being a kid in Wisconsin that listened to this podcast. I got a guy to message me back that I'm now in L.A., and about to arrive at his front door, essentially, and have a conversation with him. It was a cool, like, for me, that was just like, it was a giant mind fuck. I was just like, how is this happening? And, and that's like, a, it's like a, uh, in that mind frame of mind then, was this like, this is the biggest thing I've ever done. You know what I mean? Like, fuck school, fuck that. You could give me an and a project, and I wouldn't be as excited as I am right now to be able to come in and, and talk to this guy. Um, so I'd come in and, you know, immediately he sits down. I walk in his office. I sit in his couch. Uh, we just got done hiking. I was a little bit sweaty. I was just like, fuck it. I want to have a conversation with this guy. And he looks at me and he goes, all right, what do you want to know? Just like, that's how he started off. And I'm like, hey, small talk. Hey, hey, hey. He's just like, all right, what do you want to know? And I was like, shit, you got right to it. And I was like, all right, look, I'm about to graduate college. I have no idea what I want to do. I don't know how to get where I want to get, but I just know I need to be, you know, my best bet right now is a big city. He's like, well, what do you want to do? I want to work in social. I want to do this, that, mainly advertising focused. And I didn't have another offer in LA. So I was like, I just need to get to a big city. I had no plans for it being LA or to, for it to be here. There's no jobs available. So that conversation kind of struck with me. He's like, you just got to keep pushing. He's like, whether it's getting to a big city, whether it's uh, taking a shitty job, he's just like, find an opportunity and then keep growing from there and keep looking and keep growing. And I was like, great. So I took that two cents. I went back to Wisconsin and I finished up the last semester of uh, college. Uh, right. And like I said, the job, this job came available after uh, being so close or closely watching a job came available. And after getting Chad's number, I hit up all of them with my resume. I was hitting them all up. Be like, yo, I'm assuming this job is for, you know, Chad's job and blah, blah. And I hit up Chad uh, and I just flooded them until they would like, you know, making sure they I caught their attention. Yeah. Uh, and I said everything through. Uh, D and I had had a couple conversations kind of just like asking me, you know, all of a sudden I'm getting a call from this random number and I was like, shit, I went from in this guy's DMs to him calling me now. It, it kind of felt like a superstar or, you know, like you're getting that, I'm like make a wish and, yeah. and you're getting like that famous person to call you, you know, and that was so cool to me. And we had combos and I was like, yeah, this is, you know, gave him the whole pitch. I told him what I thought I could do. Um, and we had about, I think, two or three calls. Uh, and then the third one, I, I remember it like yesterday. I was sitting at a bar with my friends uh, and I get this call from from him. I had saved his number, obviously. And I was like, shit, this is it. It's like I find out what my future could be. Uh, and sure enough, he picks up his phone. He's like, hey, man, 
it was always funny because now I look at it when he goes, uh, he's, yeah, we, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of really, really talented people. Um, some of, some of the most talented people I know. And I was like, fuck man, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. He's just like, I've talked to some really talented people. I was like, it was a good run. Like, you know, I had my opportunity, loved every bit of it, you know, just talk, trying to talk myself off the ledge here. And he goes, but, uh, what they don't have is they're not connected. They're not tuned into what we're doing here. Um, while they're talented, you're an avid listener. You know how we're doing things. You know what's going on. Uh, and we like what we saw. We want to hire you. And so it all spanned back to me wanting to learn more, to wanting to step outside of just school and just things like that and find new opportunities, whether it was just small learning opportunities or the podcast or anything like that. Uh, it was always about just learning and taking on more opportunity because that gave me in the end, you know, a job opportunity, you know, and connections and, and meeting people that led from one thing to another, um, which all led up to him saying, you know, we want to hire you. And he goes, you know, how soon can you be out here? I was like, I don't know, bro. I, I'm about to just like graduate college in a week. That was like a week before college graduation. Then I found out I'd gotten a job and I was touching down in LA and I showed up on a Saturday and I stayed in a hostel for three weeks. Um, there was anywhere between 25 and 30 people living at the hostel at one time. Um, <laughs> it really was. It's like, like, here's your opportunity. I couldn't get, you know, as far as living, you can't get a apartment here without being here. Um, I didn't have enough time to secure one. So I just found this hostel that, you know, it was four people coming in and out of LA short-term stays. Uh, and I ended up living there for three months because I signed it. You know, I was just like three months. That's great. It'll get me the summer to get a feel for where I want to live in the city. Um, people will be there to meet. Like, at least I won't be all by myself. Um, so I touched out on a Saturday uh, and he's like, great. We're doing a run tomorrow morning. You know, the run club. Um, yeah. He was running for his, his mid-city. He, he held some like mid-city town council uh board position uh and the day he was being voted in was the day that i started working for him the day after i arrived uh so like immediately just like bring your camera let's make a video uh and that's kind of where it all started i hope not on autofocus <laughs> <laughs> well it's on autofocus but it wasn't making this what i learned was the camera does this on autofocus, you should have, I should have put it on autofocus and set it to manual because he was sitting in the same spot, but it makes this sound when it autofocuses. So in a very silent interview, that's only him conversing, yeah. a, a, uh, a shotgun mic off the top of the camera captures that because it sits right above it instead of like a boom mic kicking over or a lav mic on his chest, uh, all of which I have experience with now. And I would never go to something like a shotgun mic on top of a camera that autofocuses and make the boom, boom, sound over and over and over for the entire interview so and i laughed at that i laugh at that now and i'm like oh you're such an idiot it was such an easy fix but at that time i was like man and the guy never noticed i submitted the project to him and he's like he loved it it was one of my like favorite pieces i've done i had no idea i could do it so much better now um but the fact that i just kind of took it on and accepted the shittiness of it but like still came out pretty cool i was just like that's what it's all about you just gotta you just got to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, that's true. And uh, after one and a half years, or better to say it like this, uh, one and a half years later, mm -hmm. um, 
you've had many, many experiences and many, many lessons. Uh, yeah. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from maybe also especially from 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 D, from trauma, from from Anand? Like, what what were the the lessons that you learned from them? Um, there's been so many. Uh, so I'll kind of just point to a, a few. And if you're curious about anything else in particular, do ask. Um, but but really, it's all about. I think I think it's one about like hard work. Uh, I think D more than anybody that I've learned and just learning about the history of five four, learning about what he came. I'm stepping in an operation that's been here for 17 years. A lot of people don't know this in the backside of this pod that this pod was built on the, uh, them out of the recession uh, and, and finding this guy on uh, uh, an MTV reality TV show that birthed them out of a shit ton of debt and, and a recession that was happening in 2007. Uh, And to have to see them now here and in this business, uh, that's something that I've taken more than anything. Is you just have to grind. It doesn't matter. They've come from the lowest of the low. Uh, a lot of people talk about their bubble talk and uh, stuff like that in the pod, and it's always funny because it is like bubble talk now sometimes. Uh, but these guys aren't out of t out of touch with reality. I mean, they used to eat shit for breakfast because they just like that was where their business was, and it was just them. Right. I think it was just him on it. Uh, and then when they picked up drama and I think they had one of the business partner where they really like lost everything they had in the recession. Uh, you know, he took bets early on and lost and lost a ton of money, uh, turn it around, flipped it, worked back at it again, found a new way to do it. Didn't matter to him. He was going to make it work. Uh, and he, he actually has this, if, I don't think I'm saying the term correctly, but it's, uh, it's like magic money or something like that. And it's like every time he's been in a crunch for money, Money's appeared. He, he, he like one time, I think he, he got like a $25,000 check randomly. He has no idea where it came from, but it like saved him from the, like, from pretty much shutting down all operations here uh, in one year. And, and so it's just like, if you keep working, if you keep doing what you do, opportunities will come. It's just like, whether you're ready or not. Um, yeah. That's been the biggest thing is just, uh, I think right away, one is just uh, keep pounding, keep grinding doesn't matter what you're doing or what position you are. Opportunities will come up if you keep doing the right thing and keep putting yourself uh, in the right places. Uh, besides that, I think just being really open, um, open with people and meeting people. That's always been my biggest thing is like, I just want to keep meeting people. Uh, I always love meeting people. Social media has really allowed that more than anything for you to reach out to people, communicate with them uh, and start a relationship. Like I just met a guy the other day, somebody who, uh, It was funny. I, I found him like, I think a year and a half ago, maybe almost two. I, I was in college when I spotted him behind Gary V's video in the background. His name is um, Nick Dio. And so Nick is a, uh, he works on their content team. And I had seen him, fought him on social. I was trying to hit him up for a job when I was graduating college. Uh, he had messaged me back kind of like, yeah, man, I'll throw your resume out there. Like, appreciate you reaching out, blah, blah, blah. But there's only so much I can do. Um, and then now, like two years later, he's moved to LA. Uh, he started this with a bunch of friends called the honey house, which is a content creation house. Uh, I came from New York to LA, uh, and I finally got to meet him the other day and we did like a photo shoot together and it was just fun to see the kind of like full circle thing come together where a guy that I just known from a background of a video who lived in New York, who now we're both in LA and he lived up the street from me. It was like yeah. two blocks up. Um, so that's really the thing is just like, keep reaching out to people, be genuine. 
Uh, everybody can sniff out like a weasel. Everybody can sniff out a shitty person. So don't be that person because everybody, you'll quickly learn it and you'll lose friends and you'll lose uh, relationships really quickly. Um, but yeah, just be a good person and, and be open to meeting people. And that's always the biggest thing. I don't care how big anything gets. Uh, it, it's it's always about being genuine to people because you never know who they are, uh, what connections they have, you know, yeah, a lot of they can connect to. Yeah, how they can connect you. Um, you know, a, a lot of the success he is um, said has come mainly from the community he's built because every time he's in need of something, somebody in the community always comes through for him because, you know, they see that he's put in so much time and effort along with other people in our team to build a community for them to be a part of no matter what, what part of the country they are. So, you know, when it's finally time for him to ask for a favor, nobody minds doing it and everybody's connected in some way or another. Um, it's always funny when we reach out about stuff on the podcast, somebody knows somebody and we wanted a Twitter yeah. handle the other day. All of a sudden he's forwarding somebody in, you know, to an email to me going, you know, we got somebody who can know somebody at Twitter. They can handle this. And we got, you know, we got the handle the other day uh, at group chat. And it all it is a matter of just like asking, uh, but also like providing value and always being open. Yeah. And, and how do you manage to like for yourself that you stay creative? Because I can imagine um, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of dedication to to work um, in such an environment. But what do you do? What do you do personally to stay creative, to keep on innovating? Um, I think it's it's like for me, it's taking opportunities and jobs outside of just here and just outside of this work. Um, you know, I work a ton of hours for these guys and I absolutely love it. Um, I'm just a worker. I, I love to just get in and work. I'm not a guy that likes to just kind of like lounge around and do nothing. I find structure, uh, in the job place, uh, especially if I really love it. Like it's a no brainer. I, I can spend all day here and I do spend most of my days at the office. Um, but for me, it's just like, Uh, birthing new opportunities oddest places like this. Like we're connected to so many people here in LA, such a vast place with so many cool people, whether it's influencers, whether it's celebrities, whether it's talented, other, you know, other t talented creatives, they're all here. Everything is here. And one of the biggest cities in the world in uh, one of the biggest creative hubs in the world. So it's just like finding and talking to those people and, and finding new and kind of fun opportunities outside of just, just work. Like, I don't need to, you know, a lot of everybody wants to be paid to do their work and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But if you don't take the free opportunities, if you don't take the opportunities just to pop up and, you know, like one time my buddy was like, I'm going to go to this event. I need somebody to come videotape me. So I hit him and we just got done with uh, the run club that morning. I was at brunch. And I was like, yo, I can get my camera and shit and it'd be there, at, you know, like in an hour. Is that mm -hmm. enough time? And he's like, yeah. And so we ended up coming through. We ended up going over and meeting like a ton of old NBA players, and things like that. And it was never anything I asked him to pay me for because it was just like, it wasn't about that. It wasn't about being paid. It's just like you get those creative moments and you get those times where you either meet cool people or get really cool opportunities just by showing up and just being willing. Um, so for me, it's always kind of like finding those. Uh, and if I can't find them, creating my own. So whether it's going to do a shoot with my friends or uh, creating individual projects or just getting out and, and traveling, you know, that's why it's hard with the pandemic right now, but, um, you know, traveling around, trying to do things like that always keeps me creative. But, um, but, but making sure that you have work and life separate is really important too. Uh, yeah. to not get too overindulged in work. Uh, cause that'll kind of kill creativity because when you get set in structure like this, it can be kind of hard to, 
really be able to go outside the box and, and find new things. So. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, what is very remarkable that from basically an early stage for you, it was not never really a big problem to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. uh, is, that, is that hard for you to put yourself out there or are you just naturally that you say that all comes very natural to me? Um, yes and no. I mean, early on, I was always super self-conscious about my ability because I always recognized really talented people and I understood how they were talented. And then when I tried to do what they did, I was nowhere near what they were able to do. So I was like, fuck, I suck. But like, I don't suck. I'm not the worst. And if that, that was always the thing. If I wasn't the worst, then I'm okay. Then I can figure it out. Uh, and it's just like, I know it's just a learning curve. So it's just like a matter of time. So um, it was hard at first because I was just uh, uh, I was just nervous about it. I wasn't very confident in my own self. But I, but it's about always putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. So I just kept sticking my sticking my neck out uh, over and over and over, more frequently, more often, in di more difficult situations. And eventually, I really grew out of. That's really where I grew out of um, was consistently doing that. But like right away, I was scared to. You know, if you think about it in intervals, maybe I did it like. Maybe put myself in an uncomfortable position like once every six months. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I, I saw that doing that led to greater and cooler and newer opportunities. So I was like, all right, let's like, here's a couple more coming up. Like now it's like three in six months, you know? Uh, so things like that, just, it's just quantity in that sense of just like put yourself out there and, and see if you can flow. Yeah. And you keep on, you keep on challenging yourself to, to have those experiences as well. Right. And, and nobody great ever learns anything on their own. It's really hard to, unless you're like a, a genius, you just have to keep clabbing and keep learning from other people and other things. That's where you gain the most knowledge from. So it's just like, you can do it all on your own. It's going to take you a long fucking time. It's not going to be fun. It'll be miserable. But if you just take two seconds and put your ego aside and, and be able to learn from other people, you can succeed a lot quicker uh, and more effectively. Yeah, 100% agree. Did, did you experience a lot of um, negativity from, from the environment along your, your journey? Uh, early in high school, I did. Um, I think it was more of just like us being young. Uh, I, I wasn't the smartest in the class. So, you know, I, I, I literally thought for a while I was dumb. Like, I was just like, I'm just dumb. Like, I'm just not smart. But it gets so quantified in early high school to be like, if you're not acing math and not acing science and taking pre-calc, Like you're dumb. Like you're not getting ready for college. Like good luck. You're gonna go get a shitty degree. You're gonna work in this little town forever. And it was such a small-minded idea. But I think it's not about that. Life, like my mom always taught me, like life starts after high school. So don't count on it now, being like your end-all, be-all. Um, so I think I took that from an early age and learned that after getting out of high school, that it was a very small environment um, that was completely closed off uh, to the outside possibility in the outside world. So. Uh, early on, yes, uh, but I quickly learned once you get on your own and you get out of high school and nobody knows who you are in this world, um, mm. that's really where you begin to grow and get to learn about yourself and your capabilities. Uh, and you realize that it's all self-made. Anybody can tell you whatever they want. It doesn't matter. As long as you believe in yourself, that's the most important thing. Um, and that's what I constantly did. I knew I was the best at what I did, but if you don't tell yourself that, you'll, you'll never be that. So uh, yeah. just instilling that self-confidence was, was a big performance. <laughs> Actually quite funny. It's the, the next question is if you um, have like advice for your younger self and also advice for like a young starters that want to make it in the creative world, is that the, the advice already to keep uh, telling yourself that you, that you can do it? Yeah, I think it's that. I mean, you have to have it. Uh, who was it that I learned this from? 
I think it was J. Cole. I, I, you know, I used to love to watch documentaries and shit like that and learn about people just about like their early childhood. I mean, I think it was like the early birth of podcasting where people used to talk about or now like talk so much about their early childhood and nobody would really open up about that. You know, just get the basic interviews on late night TV shows and shit like that. And finally, when creators took it into their own hands and started creating their own documentaries and doing shit like that, you started to learn whether it was from like, I used to watch like Kevin Durant documentaries. I used to watch, uh, I mean, early Gary V's was a huge thing. Uh, J. Cole was a big one. But but I think it was uh, J. Cole who was just like, I'm going to be the best. He's like, if you don't have that mindset that you're just going to be the best, you have to have that self-belief above everybody else. Like, it's like when any NBA basketball player gets asked, like, do you think you're the best basketball player on the court? If you don't answer that yes, you lose. You have to always think you are the best. And it's not to say that you have to become selfish or that you have to be an asshole about it, but like you should have self-confidence that if you don't know what you know, you can learn. And that in turn makes you the best in the court. Cause not, you're not always willing to be like, I know everything, but I'll tell you right now, I can find 10 people that are really, really fucking good at it and we can team up and we'll beat the shit out of you. So it's like, you have to have that self-belief first and foremost, um, at any port part of your life, but also be open enough not to be like selfish and an asshole about it. Um, but I think from a creative standpoint, I think it's just practicing. I wish I did it more and I wish I did it earlier, uh, just cause it would have gotten me farther than I am like right now, as far as my skills go. Uh, right. but more than anything now, it's just about practice. Like it's repetition. It's anything you ever do. Like I was big into sports growing up. Uh, and the only time I ever got good was when I, you know, practice the shit out of it and you do it every single day. And you, you just do it day in and day out because that's where you start to find, that's where you find failures, that's where you find new things, that's where you learn things. And, and if you're not doing that, you're not going to progress as quickly. So it's taking the shit with the sugar and just keep going at it day after day and you'll progress. You'll find as long as you're always open to learning and understanding how learning works. Um, that's my biggest, biggest advice to anybody who's like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I don't know. Start somewhere. Just start and start doing something because that's more effective uh than just kind of wandering around waiting for somebody to tell you yeah and if you look a little bit more into the future um what is the the next step for you do you have any big plans or any big dreams yeah i don't i don't know i i don't think so nothing like crazy right now i always think it's funny when people are like what is your dream i i don't really know uh my dream is to be wealthy enough where i don't have to work another day in my life and i can pull off uh the coast of i don't know where on on a yacht but like that's that's not realistic right now uh and that's i think is a lot of people's goals um but i think right now it's just focusing on what i'm doing here um what i'm doing in the um in my business alone with Kirk creative uh lately i've been coming around more and more uh early on i was very closed off to the idea of being anything more than a, a swiss army knife in the digital marketing space you know I can, I can run your social, I can do your photography, I can do your video, I can do this, I can do that. Uh, and that was great early on, but I've come to learn more and more now that while that was great uh, to get to where I'm at, especially like a job here in LA where, where you know I'm working on a podcast, I'm working on content creation, I needed all that. Um, but now as I focus on my career, it's like doing that down to like, what are like two or three things I can really focus on, even like one to two that I'm like really good at that I think where I can really see a future in. And I think one of those is photography um, uh, more than anything. And then just, and then strategy as well behind it. Cause I think those two go really, really well hand in hand. Um, so I think for me, it's just like progressing those two and see what I could do with it. Uh, whether it's working with really big brands on campaigns, 
or or small ones or just seeing what's possible. Um, so I think that for me in my future is what I'm focused on right now. I don't like to think really, really big picture or long term because it's like I, I, I didn't even know I was going to be in L.A. I had no idea that I was going to be in L.A. or that I wanted to be in L.A., but it happened. And so it's just being open minded and ready to just hop on opportunities. So I think I think that'll lead me to my quote unquote dream one day. Uh, but I have no idea really what that exactly looks like. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's always a mystery. Yeah, that's nice. And if you look back, uh, because I also think uh, we should uh, slowly bring it home uh, the podcast. Uh, if if you look back on your young career so far, uh, what are you the most proud of? Um, I don't know. All of it, I guess. I think it's just my willingness to to. Um, you know, there there was always kids that. I would uh, either compete against in school or compete against in the real world or things like that. And I would always count myself out. Um, but I stuck with it. And I think that's the biggest thing that I look back on it now. It's just like sticking with it. Everybody does something. There's millions of people in this world. Everybody's got a, everybody's got their um, route to take. Um, and, and, and just coming to understand that I have one too and I just need to stick to that. Um, I think people get very lost in that whole idea. So for me, it's just like applauding my, uh, patting myself in the back, being like, you, you stuck to what you said you were going to do. Um, but then, you know, not quitting there and I never have, uh, or really slowed down. So it's just like, keep, uh, I've always had, uh, that outlook, um, and that motivation. So, uh, I would say, yeah, that, that would be my biggest kind of pat on the back to myself. Yeah. That's very nice. So I think yeah, it became became very clear in this episode that you're a person with with many talents. You call yourself a Swiss Army knife, which I find quite <laughs> funny, and I think it's it's a very good uh, explanation actually um, how how, yeah. how to describe you. And I think it also became very clear what you can achieve when you just push through and when you when you work very hard. So yeah. I think uh, yeah, you're a great inspiration. I think also for a lot of young people to to make it in the creative world. Before we round off the the episode, I have uh, three short final questions. Uh, one of the questions I, I stole from the, the card game, we are not really strangers, so it's going to be good. I love um, that. So the first question is, um, what are you learning right now that you're not really good at? What am I... Say that question one more time. My apologies. So what are you learning right now that you're mm -hmm. not good at? Uh, so film photography. So it's funny, I just got the film camera um, yesterday. Uh, so film photography, I think is something that's like, you know, it's very trendy right now and whatnot. Um, but it really makes you practice the true mechanical uh, operations and knowledge of a camera. It's easy to flip through and shoot on manual on um, a camera right now, uh, especially in the digital world. Like it can flip right back to you. You can see the image. You can adjust it quickly. Uh, but film, you can't see the results right away. You have to wait till you get the film back. Um, so I think it's like really challenging my knowledge of photography and being like, can you do film? Can you just can you shoot it without seeing it and know it's going to come out as a good image? Um, so I had a point and shoot for uh, quite a while uh, and, and was never really thrilled with the outcome because I was like, I just need a professional film camera that can mm. really see and adjust settings and, and really learn and play with it. Um, so I finally got that the other day. I'm really excited to learn more on that because uh, I think it's just like another avenue of photography that if you don't learn that, you really want to have the appreciation for it. Um, and it just like challenges you more and more. It's like, you can't take a thousand photos. It's going to cost me too much money to get a thousand yeah, for sure. film thing. I just, we just got done with the shoot uh, last Friday. I took almost 3000 images. Like that's impossible to do on film. And we ended up only needing 300 of them. So it'd be a complete waste of money. 
but for something like film, it's really like narrowing in and being like, you know, how to create like a really great image uh, and not needing a hundred shots to do it. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. That's good. So good luck with that. Then <laughs> we have it. we have uh, the the second last question. Um, yeah, I think this is the one from the from the card game. Uh, which title would you give this chapter of your life? Uh, growth, growing, and growth would be the right word. Because um, yeah. now more than ever, I, I'm growing exponentially in, in my knowledge, in my insight, in all of that. I'm nowhere near done. Um, and I'm just simply getting started. Everybody talks about, you know, again, always looking back at somebody like D, who's a big mentor to me. Um, he's always learning day in and day out. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and you never really stop learning. Uh, but I know at this point in my life, everything is kind of, I'm early in my career. Uh, you know, only have graduated college a couple of years ago, uh, about a year and a half. Uh, so it's very early for me. Uh, so I think it's just the growth state. It's kind of just like soaking it all in, taking it as much as I can. Uh, and then really creating a career for myself. Uh, would that be? I don't know exactly what that'll be in the long term. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is just growing right now and then finding the best spots that I that I really want to develop. Yeah, that's a good motto. And last but not least, uh, last question. So you can send uh, iMessage or SMS to every mobile phone in this world. What would you say? Uh, immediately off the top of my head, I say get off your phone. Uh, I think it's just like the idea that I just watched The Social Dilemma. Uh, have you seen that documentary? Yeah, I've seen it yesterday. Yeah. yeah uh, I think that more than ever is like, as much as like my career is based off of social media, because uh, I always saw it and I was like, wow, there's a lot of attention and a lot of people on these platforms. If I could just make a career out of this, that'd be so much cooler than having to go be like a boring ass, like, Uh, accountant or marketer that just like does old school shit and I was like this is a new age and I always thought that would be so cool and I've gotten that opportunity now but now I've kind of understand there there's a healthy side to it and an unhealthy side to it um, so I think it's just like making more and more people realize that there's a healthy side to it and there's a really cool fun and exciting technology side to it um, but we have to take our breaks from it we have to we have to step back every once in a while to make sure that we're still in touch with the reality that sits right in front of us in the yeah. physical world. Um, so it would just be like, get off your phone for just five minutes or just, just come to realize what's happening and how, uh, and you need to understand that to really effectively combat it uh, and use it the most appropriately. Yeah. 100% agree. Beautiful message and I, I think very valuable for a lot of people <laughs> to do that from time to time. Yeah. yeah. So as you listen to this on your phone, make sure you get off your phone after this. Exactly. Get off your phone. <laughs> Switch it off immediately. But yeah, even for like first, five, ten minutes, man. Yeah, but first they need to, to, you know the game, first they need to subscribe to the 301 podcast, they need to subscribe to the group chat podcast, to Detour, yes. to uh, Long Story Short, to Behind Closed Doors. So there are yeah. a lot of podcasts for the people to to subscribe to. Um, all wonderful content so big big shout out to to you guys basically you do a great fantastic job there um, and also for you thank you very very much uh, for, for joining to this podcast i think it was very valuable lessons for a lot of people uh, especially yeah. the people that want to make it in the in the creative world uh, what to yeah. do uh, and to know your way around uh, sliding into those dms <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect thank you so much pete yeah thank you so much for your time man And this was it for this week's episode of the 301 podcast. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. I think to summarize this episode is very hard. 
there are so many nice lessons and there are so many nice learnings in it but i really think that one thing stands out and this goes out to all the people that want to make it in life it does not matter where you come from or which skills you have or if you think you are the best or if there are people that are better than you i think what it comes down is to put your head down to work really hard to take free opportunities to work for free sometimes and at one point to double down on it and and eventually there will be also then a success story in the end and i think in this episode pete made really clear to apply those business principles and the, the business one-on-one how to make it and yeah in the end he's where he wants to be right now i wish him best of luck and i'm very curious where he will end up thank you so much for listening to the 301 podcast as usual if you like it please like and subscribe i'm back with another episode of the 301 podcast next week until then yours truly marcus